1: The financial deal that we have at Soldier Field has worked relatively well for us. When the property, when Churchill Downs, who owns Arlington Park, went public with their desire to sell the property, it was too intriguing of a a possibility for us not to take a look.
0: Hi everybody, I'm Fran Spielman. For those of you who don't know, I was a sports writer at Northwestern covering football, basketball, and tennis, men's sports, that at a time when women were not allowed in the locker room. Today, we're going to return to my roots and what better time to do it. It's opening week of the regular season for the NFL. And we're two days away from the home opener for the Chicago Bears against the 49ers. Hope Springs eternal, even for a team that finished the season six and 10 and fired their head coach and general manager, revamped the roster, restructured the front office. My guest this week is the retiring president of the Chicago Bears, Ted Phillips. Ted, thanks for joining us.
1: Fran, it's great to be with you, and thanks for wanting to talk about life at the Bears.
0: You're calling it a career after 40 some odd years. Why now? Is this part of the post-pandemic great resignation that touched all industries, including the Chicago City Council?
1: I try not to look at it that way, but there's no doubt that during the pandemic gave me a little more time to reflect on what did I want my future to be. And when I started to reflect on this will be my 40th season, I thought a couple things. I thought, first of all, what a blessing. I started thinking back to when I first started at the Bears in 1983. Uh, I was four years out of college and I thought, oh how does one even begin to plan their career? And to think that at that time I would be with the Chicago Bears Football Club, not only with them, but in a leadership role to the only non family president and CEO for the last twenty three years. It just it really hit me and it's been a true blessing. And it's just time. I wanted to go out when I was healthy, feeling good. I'm still able to, I still work as hard as I ever have and just start a new chapter.
0: You've said that the decision last January to have the new GM report directly to ownership and not to you as president initiated with you because the Bears were not winning enough. It was made after another six and 10 season, as we said. Were you thinking about retiring then?
1: Actually, My thought about retiring, I brought it up to George McCaskey before any of those changes were made. I felt that we've, I think we've accomplished a lot. I'm very proud of my career. The one thing we haven't been able to accomplish was putting a consistently winning team on the field. We've had our moments, but they haven't been long lasting. And that was disappointing to me. And as I thought about my future, and retiring, I had conversations with George about maybe it's time to hit the reset button and do things a little bit differently.
0: And why now though, when you're playing such an important role in the development of the new stadium as part of a $5 billion development in Arlington Heights at the site of the old Arlington International Race Course that the Bears have an option to buy?
1: So that weighed heavy on me. And part of my own personal reflections on the future were to myself, um, look, we have a long way to go to to decide whether or not we're gonna develop that property, much less close on the property. And that whole project, if it goes forward, could take 10 years, 12 years. And I knew that if, I was gonna dig deep into it. I wouldn't be able to walk away. And I'd be in my, I'm 65 years old now, I'd be in my late 70s. And that didn't feel right for me. And- wow. of, We have a
0: president in his late 70s. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's just a personal decision. It, what made me feel better about the decision is, I think by the time I retire, we'll at least have a sense as to what direction we're headed and we've got a great staff of people around me that are ready to take over. And I'm also confident that working with George will get the right person to step in my shoes and lead the Bears into the future.
0: You held a community meeting last night. You began the very formidable job of making your case for this massive project and for a taxpayer subsidy, not for the stadium construction, But for the infrastructure work that's needed to serve what would be, you say, the biggest development project in Illinois history, roads, bridges, entrance ramps, sewer, electrical, new entrances to the grounds would include off-ramps from Route 53 that would go under Northwest Highway to the stadium and new entrances off Euclid Avenue. That sounds expensive. How much will that cost and where should it come from? TIFF? Local, state, what?
1: Okay, that's, that's a lot to unwrap here. First of all, what we did last night was an important part of educating ourselves, first of all, on what the village, what the residents were thinking. We needed to take that step because ultimately what we need to do is finalize a pre-development agreement for the property. And this was one step in, in getting to that point. Now, in terms of the yet, you brought up the infrastructure, you are correct. We are not asking for any type of public subsidy to construct the stadium. Even though I just want to make this point that there's been about 20 stadiums in the last 25 years or so that have been built NFL stadiums. And most, not all, but most of them have had public money go towards the construction of the stadium. We aren't asking for that. However, I don't know of any stadium or any development where there isn't some public subsidy for infrastructure, all the items that you uh, just delineated, Fran, and how that will get financed I don't know we are in the midst of looking at literally every possible option it's too premature to say we're going to use this option or not but I do know and I said it last night that that nothing that we're considering is predicated on increasing the property taxes of residents
0: but what about a TIF and what about state help
1: we're going to look at all those possible options. We've we've engaged with Goldman Sachs, who has great experience in looking at developments and public-private financing options. You remember back when, and it was a much smaller project, but when we renovated Soldier Field, I felt, I think a lot of people felt that at the end of the day, that was a great example of a public-private partnership and how when you have that, what you have to have is you have to, in our case, the bears have to show here's the public benefit. Here's the economic impact. Here's the jobs that will be created and not just during construction, but ongoing, because this is a, this is going to be probably at least a 10 year development. And if you can do that in a way where you're working together then at the end of the day, a public subsidy that's commensurate with the potential huge economic boon to the region and to the state, it makes it
0: worthwhile. Can you give us an idea of how much money we're talking about? It's probably over a $100 million, isn't it? It's got to be.
1: Again, we don't know yet. There... We don't have a number on it. We're working on that because ultimately, as you well know, that if we go forward, if we close on the land, if we decide, yes, let's try to develop this property that's anchored by a stadium, we're going to need a specific ask. And we don't have a specific ask yet. But I will tell you this, that we have sat down, not just with the village of Arlington Heights but their trustees, local leaders, local legislators. We've sat down with Governor Pritzker and we've had all these preliminary conversations just to level set and let everyone know, first of all, we're not as far along as some people think we are. We don't have a specific ask. We're just asking everyone to be open-minded to not jump to conclusions and give us a chance to make our case. And I would say 100% everyone said, we understand what you're telling us. We wanted to separate fact from fiction uh, because there's a lot that gets written that's not accurate. And I think so far at this preliminary stage, we've been able to accomplish that.
0: And the governor didn't say no way, no how, no state money.
1: No, nobody did. Everybody said they were they appreciated being brought up to speed on our preliminary plans, and that's all we wanted to accomplish was we're going to be transparent. That's how we got the the soldier field renovation done originally, Fran. You were a part of that process. And what it took was at the time, Mayor Daly, developing some trust, being transparent about what we were planning, what we w- were hoping to do and listening it's not just about the Chicago Bears we have to understand what the community the surrounding communities want and need and that's why last night was so important just as a step in that direction
0: will you be partnering with a developer I assume you will you're not developers
1: yeah that's a great question we are not developers I think George McCaskey made that clear last night and we haven't yet Fully engaged, a developer.
0: Who are you um, talking?
1: We're we right now. I can't say at this point in time because we haven't decided. But you're talking because to, to a
0: couple, right?
1: Here's the timeline. Is really right now the only timeline that we have is when are we going to close on the property? Or I should probably say, if we're going to close on the property, that will that decision on closing on the land will happen either late 2022, it might take till early 2023. And then we'll make that decision. Are we closing or are we not closing? And then if we do close, and I don't know what the timeline would be at that point in time would be time, if not a little bit sooner than that, to start engaging with developers to understand what makes sense. And that's a huge, that's a big process. Are you talking to developers now.
0: now? Are you talking to developers now? I assume no. you've had some prelim- No? No. Okay. No. Any other no. development of this scale, Ted, and I know this because I've covered City Hall for decades, any development of this scale would need help with infrastructure. What do you say, though? to those who claim that because it includes a stadium for an NFL franchise now worth $4.8 billion, that you should get zero help and that you're playing some kind of bait and switch head fake game.
1: That's absolutely not true. What makes me pause is the same naysayers that have been around for 20 years say the same thing. But this is not just plopping a stadium on a plot of land not that it is a stadium anchored development but there's so much more to that to this and that's a big reason why the infrastructure makes sense okay this isn't going forward without a public-private partnership working together on making the infrastructure happen we won't go forward it's as simple as that you can't (laughs) right it's not a threat it's about looking at the financial feasibility. And I'm glad you brought that up because people, some people say, well, look how valuable the bears are. That first of all, that's a number that Forbes generates that may or may not be true, okay? The only number that's true, the Denver Broncos sold for 4.6 billion, okay? The Chicago bears as any team would, any company would with a development of this magnitude It has to make financial sense. And by saying that we're going to privately finance, if we go forward, the stadium was a big step, but it's not the only step. And we need to have a smart plan for infrastructure that works for the village that works for the state that works for the surrounding communities. And we need some property tax certainty. We're not looking to not pay property taxes. The reality is we will pay more than what the site paid in property taxes when it was a racetrack. So there's no doubt about that. I think that hasn't been made clear enough. But those two things, along with a privately financed stadium, have to make sense financially or we won't move
0: forward. How do you get property tax certainty? Do you need a freeze or a break or is it a, a TIF maybe is the way to do it, right? There's,
1: there's just different options that we're just beginning to, to look at. For and, how long do you need property tax
0: certainty? Do you need it for 23 years like a TIF would provide?
1: I think TIF's an option, but there's other options as well that I'm not ready to get into at this point in time. But we're trying to, we're trying to understand what makes sense, trying to understand the political climate trying to understand timing, and all of it overlaid with, do we want to move forward on on this development? Because it would end up being one of the largest developments in Illinois history.
0: You are justifiably proud of the deal that you cut with Daley on the Soldier Field renovation, especially after the years of futility and tension between Mike McCaskey and Richard M. Daley and other mayors. Why doesn't that deal work for you? It's not going to be paid off till 2033.
1: Okay. So first of all, we didn't go looking. We were not proactively looking for a new stadium site. Okay. The deal that we have, the financial deal that we have at Soldier Field has worked relatively well for us. Okay. The... When the property, when Churchill Downs, who owns Arlington Park, went public with their desire to sell the property, it was too intriguing of a a possibility for us not to take a look. 326 acres. It has metro rail access. It has highway access off of I-53 and I-90. It's in the northwest suburbs, which is in the heart of where many of our season ticket holders live. It's not far from the city of Chicago. We're going to always be the Chicago, no matter what happens here, we are always going to be the Chicago bears. We're proud of our link to the city. We're proud of being the Chicago bears. And that isn't going to change. When that property was put up for sale, we decided to take a shot. It was an auction process. We ended up being the winning bidder. The reason that this due diligence is taking so long is that had we been proactive in trying to find a site, we would have done a lot of the financial due diligence ahead of time. But the timeline was very short when they accepted our bid. And that's why right now we're saying, because it's absolutely true, we're not sure if we're going to close on the property. We want to we need to make sure the necessary conditions are in place so that we feel good about closing and then we'll make a decision as we're going through this financial feasibility analysis as to whether it makes sense to develop a stadium so again i asked why doesn't
0: soldier field work for you or does it
1: well so we've been there it's hard to believe but we've been in renovated soldier field now for this will be our 20th year, I believe. Yeah. And the limitations at Soldier Field are have been well-documented. The ingress, egress, the tight concourses, the lack of enough points of sale and restrooms. And there's no ability to add to the de- development of it because it's a tight site, not enough parking, not enough tailgating. Those are some of the things... That when we think about the future, long-term future, that's what excites us about this property at Arlington
0: Park. And it, and you're a tenant. You don't own it.
1: Yes, thank you. <laughs>
0: that's that's kind of tenant, important. So we ain't? don't <laughs> own it,
1: so we don't have as much control, obviously. And that just becomes more complicated at Soldier Field. It, it was complicated enough just due to concerts and International soccer games and college football games, and now layer in the Chicago Fire and their season and the needs that they have, it makes it difficult. I think everyone's trying to do their best to make it work, but it's not
0: ideal. And the mayor has offered a $2.2 billion plan to put a lid on it. That doesn't change anything about what you're saying. Is that so?
1: First of all, our agreement with Churchill Downs. We mutually agreed that while we were under contract for that property, that we would not engage in any discussions with the city of Chicago or any other potential site on a new long-term home for the Chicago Bears.
0: I understand okay, that, sir, and I do. Okay. I do understand your legal constraints. But... We well, mutually
1: agreed that, and then we. But we have also, Fran, told we've been very transparent with mayor lightfoot about the fact that we weren't going to have discussions about a long-term plan she understood that she understands that she wasn't happy about that clearly we understand that she has a difficult job and we're trying to do what's uh, we're trying to weigh what's best for the future of the bears and so when the mayor and her staff gave us a heads up that they were going to come up with a plan To put a dome on soldier field we politely said thanks for the heads up we can't discuss it and so we haven't
0: but the flaws that you just cited are not solved by a dome
1: there's certain things that can't be solved with a dome assuming that can even happen and that's uh, it the location of soldier field beautiful it's in a spectacular setting on the lake with the skyline of the city north of it and But that also comes with the difficulty of getting in and out. And it's become harder and more difficult for fans and businesses to, frankly, want to travel to Soldier Field. It's a it adds to a very long day when you have traffic issues like that. And I don't believe that those can be solved uh, anytime soon.
0: You are a Notre Dame graduate from New Hampshire who took a job with a big eight accounting firm at that time, Ernst and Winnie you were assigned to prepare the annual tax returns for George Hallis and members of the McCaskey family. And through that, you met Jerry Venisi, the general manager of the Bears. He hired you as controllers, controller of the Bears. And how the heck did you manage to parlay that lucky break into a 40-year career that culminated in you being at the top of the food chain
1: i've always loved the way you phrase questions fran i truly do you are a you are so good at what you do and before i answer that question i just want to congratulate you on an amazing career you've gotten many accolades and awards and they're all well deserved and it, it really is a pleasure talking to you today um Thank you. For uh, when, when I, when I, it's true. I say that from my heart. When I think about meeting Jerry Venisi, I didn't grow up in Chicago. I wasn't a Bears fan when I graduated college in 1979. I wasn't looking for a job. He hired me. I took a chance and the McCaskey family over time has given me so many amazing opportunities, but you said the word lucky break. You're hundred percent. I had a lucky break getting into the Bears because I happened to be doing their corporate tax work and the personal tax returns of Mr. Hallis and the McCaskey family. And that's how I got to know some of the folks there. And I was scared when I took the job. I didn't know if it was going to be the right move. I was 26 years old. And since then, I've been able to oversee virtually the entire club now, but the opportunities to learn the business, to learn about football operations from the ground up. It's been a true blessing. I still sit here today and think 40 seasons anywhere is amazing. It's
0: not that unusual. My brother's an accountant and I was telling him about you and he said, I can see where that would happen. You earn their trust doing their taxes. And that's how come they gave you all the chances they gave you. You gave them the reason to trust you and you made the most of a lucky break.
1: Yeah, my my parents taught me to be humble, to just work hard and doors will open for you. And God bless them both, they're not with us any longer, but that simple advice has absolutely been part of my career and has, has been the cornerstone of my career.
0: Another big break for you was when Michael McCaskey had that infamous debacle, the hiring, the botched hiring of Dave McGinnis, whose hiring was announced, I believe, before McGinnis had agreed to terms. He called the whole thing off, embarrassed the Bears throughout the league, and that's when Bears matriarch Virginia McCaskey made the decision to fire her own son and turn to you. Wow. What do you remember about that?
1: I remember a lot about that. First of all, Michael gets unfairly criticized in a lot of ways. And just from terms, since you're talking about my career, Michael was the one who, in 1987, after he fired my boss at the time, Jerry Venisi, who gave me the opportunity to negotiate the player contracts. And that changed my job entirely. Don't think I would be with the Bears for 40 seasons had that not happened. That was a wonderful time. He took a chance on me. I think it turned out pretty well. It turned out well for me. And so I want to thank Michael, God rest his soul. And he jump-started my career. And then during the time that you mentioned, Ed and Virginia McCaskey called me to their house. I thought I was going to be fired, Fran. I didn't know why I was being called to their house at the time. And that's when they told me that they wanted to name me president and CEO. And to this day, Virginia laughs about it. And I told her, I said, do you remember what the first thing I said to you after you told me that? And I said, I asked you, does Michael know about this? And she laughed and said, yes, he's in favor of what's going on and it's time to make a change. And that had to be a difficult decision for them to make. And I'm forever grateful. I um, love my job every day. To this day, I love my job. And I know we're going to continue to, we're going to find the right person to succeed me and lead the Bears to great things on and off the field. I'm confident of that.
0: You were there when Mike McCaskey made the very unpopular decision to fire an icon in Mike Ditka. What do you remember about that episode and how difficult it was to get rid of a man as popular as Ditka still is ingrained in the football psyche of Chicago. I remember interviewing Mike McCaskey for a long profile at that time and he recalled having trouble breathing when he gave Ditka the ax.
1: Uh, you know what? I've been involved in hirings and firings for many years. I can't imagine how difficult that had to be because you are right. Mike Ditka, thanks to Super Bowl 20, was an iconic figure, has stayed that way. I remember after he left that people were saying he should be mayor of Chicago. And if he yeah. ever had at that time had that desire, I think he, he would have won. won.
0: He would have won.
1: Yep. Yeah. And so I so, love so what do you remember
0: uh, about how difficult that was?
1: I wasn't part of that decision making process at the time I was here. I was obviously and I was I think I was vice president of operations at the time and I was the contract negotiator. So it was a very difficult time. I know Michael agonized over it. Sometimes it's you got to make tough decisions. And Coach Ditka, to his credit, he took it, he accepted it, didn't like it. Who would? And he's continued and done good things and remains iconic. Every, everyone loves to hear what Coach Ditka has to say. And what I remember about Coach Ditka is a his sense of humor, even though he's a tough guy. And I remember him being. Such a generous man.
0: Yeah, I knew to you were gonna say that. At the bears. Yeah, I knew it.
1: He yeah. was so generous, Fran, and he never wanted to anyone to say that. He never would look for accolade. But it was that's a really important part of my history and career is being able to be around Coach Ditka. And he could be tough on the contract negotiator now. <laughs> there are yeah. many times where he'd be screaming about Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? I think it made me tougher and it made gave me thicker skin and it made me appreciate um, the kind of leader he was and made me a better contract negotiator, too.
0: You've called the Jerry Angelo era the best you had from a football standpoint. One Super Bowl appearance, four playoff appearances, a winning percentage of 540. That's hardly anything to write home about. Fans and sports writers have criticized your tenure, pointing to the Bears' inability seemingly ever to get the quarterback position stabilized. The infamous scroll of Bears quarterbacks that appears on network TV every single time the Bears are on a national telecast. It is embarrassing. Why is that, do you think?
1: Why did I know you were going to bring this up, Fran? Because I'm, I'm a fan.
0: I'm a
1: fan. And I am too. So, a couple things. So, part of the reason with Jerry Engine, so we had not had a general manager, so to speak, since. Jerry Vinici was let go in early 1987 and I think it was about 2001 if I'm not mistaken that I hired Jerry Angelo. We had decided as an organization we wanted a general manager. I hired Jerry. Um, He was the right hire. Nobody had a problem with that hire. Shortly thereafter, Lovey Smith became the head coach and we went to a Super Bowl. So there was quite a bit success, not enough. And in this business, and in, in, when you're a coach, when you're a general manager, there are very few that can make it 10 plus years. That's just fact. And I think Jerry had a long run, about a, I think about 11 years. I think Lovey had a similar run as head coach. They deserved that. They did a good job, not good enough job. The Bears needed to be better. And you pointed to the Achilles heel. Um, I remember sitting in skybox watching a game last year when all the quarterbacks since 1985 scrolled, like you said, (laughs) on the screen. I think there were 45 Fran who had started a game for the bears. And that was, it was hard to see it. And I remembered, (laughs) I think I remembered every single one and wow, that that alone kind of speaks volumes. And If I do have, I'm not big on regrets, but a disappointment during my 40 years was not being able to put the right organization in place, the right, oversee the right decisions on the football side to have a consistently winning team. And hopefully that gets corrected now with Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. I certainly hope so.
0: So as we close, Ted, and you look back on your own career and you give yourself a little bit of a self-review, what would you say about Ted Phillips, what he did and what he did wrong?
1: I think I always put the bear's interest first. Very proud of that. I never looked. I've always been more of a behind the scenes type of CEO. I don't mind being out in the public, but that's not my way. I conducted myself with humility. I think grace. I love I had great opportunities as you've pointed out and I love giving young people in the Bears opportunities to grow like I had. I love to see that happen. I think our organization is is more valuable. It's a family. I feel good about that. I'll give myself high marks on all that, on the business front, on the people front, on the football front. They've all been good people. I I am not I don't believe that The idea that the general manager reported to me for a number of years was problematic. I wish we could have had better decision-making, maybe a more solid team of evaluators along with the general manager to try to increase our chances of success. I think we have that now. And but every day, every year is a new year. I am so excited about this 2022 season starting off on Sunday. It's always a really fun, exciting time. And I think we're going to surprise some people this year. And working at the Bears has been a true blessing and forever grateful to the McCaskies for giving me the opportunities. And go Bears.
0: Do you kick yourself that the 85 team didn't win another Super Bowl?
1: Absolutely, I do. That was an amazing team. In fact, the team the next two years after that, I think was every bit as good as the 85 team. And we lost, I still remember this like it was yesterday, we lost in the first round of the playoffs, both years at Soldier Field, both times to the Washington Redskins. And it was a different era then, so the media attention was different. I think people were still so joyful about the 85 super bowl the criticism after 86 and 87 never was all that great that i recall yeah. <laughs> and if it happened nowadays it certainly it would, would be, be it would have, have been, been brutal
0: it would have been brutal yeah ted phillips i have so much enjoyed talking to you for not just now but throughout the years congratulations on a job well done celebrate yourself to hoist a few because you deserve it sir
1: Thank you, Fran. It's great being with you. And I'm glad that we've had, that we had a, a great working relationship 20 some odd years ago. And thanks for thinking of me and having me on your show today.
0: All right, go Bears. We'll see you all next week.
1: Go Bears. I wish you the best.